Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Welcome, everyone. Good to see you. It's the 25th through the 27th or 28th of September. We always do it during Sukkot or Feast of Tabernacles, at our, and we're calling it glory. And uh, I've got some greetings and stories, and then I bring you up to speed where we're together. And then the coolest thing is Jesus is here, and he sent me to be with you today. And he came with me to meet you today and to, to release the triumph of his victory in everyone's of our lives. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing in a short amount of time. Um, but let me first welcome greetings from my wife, Cammy. She's back home. She wishes she was here, but I just came back from Africa, so she decided she'd skip that part of the trip. And uh, we actually have a lot of projects going up back home that she couldn't be away. But um, she sends her love and her greetings. She'll be, again, in August, we'll be all together. And then, yeah, I mean, no other place she'd rather be than here. Or the beach. No, I, probably the beach would be the first choice. But <laughs> uh, Diana, our worship pastor, sends all her love and greetings to everybody. And, and she's already got... I'm going to need an extra suitcase to get home now with all the gifts coming back to her. And our whole congregation, we have fallen in love with all of you who've come and joined us. And we really are a tribe. We really are a tribe that's separated by an ocean, but not no distance in time or spirit. And so if you ever can come and join us for our time together, we, we would really love to, to get to love you and receive you and welcome you. And you bring such a... I don't know, you bring just a sweetness that then permeates. We're still, from the conference we had in September, we walked into a new door, through a new place. All things became new, and nothing has stopped since that time. We have just been on a, 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 a forceful path of heaven, and I want to share a part of that. Rod and Julie are my favorite people because Rod carries the word so well. He's my favorite teacher. I don't know anybody that teaches the Bible so well and releases so much authority without trying to. These jokes are kind of corny, but rest of them, rest of them's okay. And Julie is my favorite intercessor, more than an intercessor. She's a she's a seer. She's an eagle. She goes up and she's in the spirit. So with Rod and Julie, you get word and spirit. You get spirit and truth. It's, it's a synergy that's growing, and I think it's very powerful, a part of Commonwealth, why you have such a unique assignment that I believe the Lord has a prophetic word over that part of your assignment even and how we might advance. I really do want to encourage you to come to Chosen. Uh, when we when I found out that Cindy was going to be there, and Cindy's a good friend of ours, we, uh, Cammie and I said, let's have Cindy come over to our church because we're just kind of start to see where we're flowing together. And um, we also have a dear friend, that mutual friend in our church, Marilyn Norda, who had just gone through a really horrific season of, uh, with battling with cancer. And she was just 
finishing that, coming out well, and she is well now. And we thought, you know what? Spring, we could be have Cindy come, and we just collect ourselves toward the, you know getting our team this Sunday, which today will be. Well, it's not yet today. Well, it is, but in eight hours from now, when we have church, we will be gathering after church all of those interested in coming to Chosen to start collecting people, which you really got to do if, you know, it just costs a lot of money to go back and forth. But if you start now and start putting aside money, then you, it's not an impossible thing. So we start to build a team. We start to do the prayer. And we'll be having that meeting today after church. So we contacted Cindy. And um, all of a sudden, I got a text from her. She said, hey, I could come on the uh, last Sunday of November. And I'm thinking, spring. Last Sunday of November. That's a suddenly, sure, let's do it. It happens to be our American Thanksgiving Sunday. So we thought, let's do it. And we had an incredible meeting. What happened was, this was this is what was so strategic and why I felt I ought to be here, was that um, she has a message that she was developing and, and bringing places and brought it to a church that morning about seed time and harvest, about sowing intentionally for a harvest. And, but as she was driving up with her husband, Mike, and he was saying, well, why don't you just teach that message you're carrying? She goes, I just keep feeling I'm supposed to talk about the glory. The glory. And she didn't know, and I had just talked about glory that morning. So Sunday morning, I'd just been stepping into teaching about glory and then she comes and does this whole message on glory. And then the whole focus of the fall, beginning in August, is glory, Shekinah. And it, I, I was like going, whoa, I got to tell Rod and Julie that. I mean, I don't even know if she knew your, the theme. I, she was just in the spirit and said, I got to do this. I got to talk about glory. So, you know, a prophet can bring either their message or read the message over you. Sometimes they're bringing a message that they're brought carrying and they just carry a message. Other times they come and read the message that's over the, the people and then they're declaring what God is saying. And that was, a, that was the day Cindy did that. So then a few months later, we're working out this trip. I have a dear friend who's been wanting me to go to Kenya for many years and we felt last year it would be this year and it's, sure enough, it turned out to be just like that. So the last five days I've been in... Uh, Turkana County, uh, which is kind of the northwestern part of um, Kenya, 100 plus degrees to 35 degrees. That was a shock in one day turn. But and then I'm tomorrow I leave to go to Israel because we were going to have me to team there. And that team, it didn't come together, but I, we do have a couple that lives there and a young lady who's serving for a year in Israel. So I'm going to be there to meet with them for a few days. So it just, and the only way to do the trip that made sense was to come through London. So I contacted Rod and Julie and said, hey, what, what about, uh, I'm going to be here f for one night over, so I'd love to minister. And I feel like God really wants to encourage the, your body to get focused toward Chosen in August. Because I think something, this is a sovereign, sovereign setting apart. There are gatherings we gather because God says to and we know we ought to. And then there's times when God collectively just starts a convergence. 
And it's more than a conference, it's a convergence. It's more than a, a, a gathering. It's, there's something set in motion. And I believe it's something that's to be set in motion today. It's already been set in motion, but for some of our hearts, we're going to come into a new place. So I'm just, I got to give you this, my storyline, because the storyline sometimes is better a testimony. Because what I'm about to do now is totally a taboo. Because I, I'm going to share a discovery, and nobody, I don't, I don't know anybody who likes a foreigner to come and tell somebody their, their history. Uh, you know, because it's not your history. You're, and so I'm not telling. I don't. I'm not coming to, to start here by telling you your history. I want to tell you a discovery I had, that then the Lord used it as a parallel to launch into a focus to what he really is talking about over his body. And it was, um, I, I used BBC News to keep internationally connected to the world. Unfortunately, where I live, there's a lot of stuff. We want to know what movie's coming out, what, what, who's doing what in Hollywood, and what car uh, chase is happening. So you don't tend to get the international perspective that you guys carry. So I... I will go to BBC app. And on February the 13th, I went to my app, and this uh, article caught my attention. It was done by James uh, Londale. So I'm going to just give you some information I learned, my discovery. And, the, and the, the article was titled, Commonwealth in Secret Succession Plans. And, and the footnote is, Who Might Succeed the Queen as the Head of Commonwealth? Commonwealth of Nations. So uh, the things that I began to, I thought, I didn't know that there was a choice about it. And apparently there is a choice because it's not a given. And it's been said in law in the parliament that it has to be a unanimous decision upon the 53 Commonwealth nations or all 13 regions. So what I discovered, and all I want to do this to take us to Psalm 2, but little facts that captured my attention was that When the queen was coronated in 1953, she was the head of state of seven of its eight nations. But now there are 53 nations. So the next monarch or head of state will only be a head of 15 of the 53 nations. So it's because what's happened is over these years now, it was founded in 1931, 53 member countries, 2.4 billion people live in the Commonwealth countries. That means the Commonwealth of Nations that has its historical collectiveness from Great Britain is one-third of the world's population. That's huge. Did you know in 2010 when you had, we came, you did the conference on Commonwealth. I mean, there's something... Gosha came up today. I don't know if you even caught this. Gosha gets a, you know, she gets so far out that most people don't know where she's coming from because they can't find the trajectory. But I could see clearly in the spirit. She's here praying for the restoration of all things, which we have to have happen for Jesus to return, according to Acts chapter 3. And she's praying into this, and she's just so... And what happens is that hell wants to limit our life so much around ourselves that we never get to the business that we're called to do. And there's moments you can start just going into the future where you ought to be instead of being weighed down in the problems that you're being stuck in. So 
a third of the world's population. It was formerly known as the British Commonwealth, but then after 1947, it changed to the Commonwealth of Nations. And uh, after, after the independence of India and uh, Pakistan, Britain then became, uh, it changed its kind of focus. Uh, dropped the name of British, uh, the name, the allegiance to the crown it, from its statute, it, and it uh, became an association of decolonized nations. The British monarch, however, remained the official head of the Commonwealth. Uh, it adapted a charter with com uh, commitment to 16 core values, which are very humanitarian, democracy, gender equality, sustainable development, international peace and security. Every two years, I'm telling you, you this again, this is my discovery. You know this. I'm not. The Commonwealth heads of government meet. That'll happen this April. Uh, the 16th through the 20th. So in the pre-meetings that have been happening beginning in February and March, this the, the article was that there is starting, it's all secret because it can't really be out. It's, you know, and again, I'm just reading BBC. They're trying to sort out, what are we going to do? The Queen, this may be the last meeting she'll ever attend, and what do we do? How are we going to go forward? Do we just make it official that who the next monarch we... We join, or do we create a new um, reconfederation of leadership? So they, nobody, the article didn't say what they were doing or had any special insight. That wasn't what was catching my attention. You'll, you'll understand in a minute. So, yeah, 2011, uh, British uh, Prime Minister David Cameron proposed a royal succession change that would require the approval of all 16 Commonwealth realms. And it was approved on the 28th, 30th of October in, the, in Perth. And now it's known as the Perth Agreement. So therefore, it's not an automatic who, who steps into the, the leadership of this nation as king that it would mean all the, everybody else follows suit. So it now has to then step in, and they're trying to sort that out. Okay, so having said that, that's just news. My spirit leapt to you, Commonwealth, and your, inher your inheritance and the thing God's doing. So I want to take you to Psalm 2. If you'll let me teach for a few minutes, it'll help receive what the Spirit wants to do. Because I'll get lost in a few minutes, and then we won't—I won't be teaching. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you with all submission and humility, and all utter dependence upon Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you have come to magnify Christ and glorify Him in all ways, and from the glorified Christ, you bring us all the beautiful things that Christ has accomplished, and all the Father has that are all Christ. And therefore, all that Christ has, he's giving to us. Holy Spirit, we recognize that there is a lot of change happening in the earth. Things that once were are no longer. Things that are not yet have not yet fully met come. And you're trying and you're commanding and calling forth your body up and into, into the place of your glory so that we might behold and be transformed into the glory and rise up into the maturity of the church into Christ's likeness. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that of uh, the inheritance, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding 
I pray, Lord, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In the eyes of our understanding, right now, in this moment, in the name of Jesus, start opening up in understanding, enlightenment come, that we could become aware, even as we're sitting in this room, of the hope of your calling us. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in us? And what is the surpassing greatness of your power toward us? According to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him in, at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and uh, might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And Heavenly Father, you placed Jesus, put everything under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, Lord God, you want to fill your church with the fullness of you, all in all. And we now yield ourselves. We set aside our thought life, our worry life, our frustration life, our envy life, our soulish life, our natural man, our wherever we're stuck and we put our faith into an encounter with the resurrected Christ as you set an assignment today because you've come to awaken to release and liberate so that we might march into our future in the name of Jesus of Nazareth we pray amen so Psalm 2 is a very personal Psalm to me I know it's to also to both Rod and Julie And it begins by saying, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together. I'm sorry, don't use the amplified. Uh, But you follow it. I'm starting to get in the spirit. I don't know how long I can do this. What happens is I start seeing so many things, hearing so many things. The spirit of God starts moving in so many ways. And it's better at times I just start going with him versus laying a foundation. So I don't want to miss this moment because what I will do is in the Bible, but you won't understand it. And you will you will go, what is he doing? So here is what's happening. In this earth, there are a lot of allegiances that are being questioned and challenged. And people are beginning to wonder why they want to live under that which once was an acceptable standard of morals or laws. And we see it all everywhere. And we see this question even in the big picture of the Commonwealth of Nations. Well, maybe we aren't going to be, uh, have, you know, we're going to have to decide who, what kind of leadership do we want in the future. And so the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break the bonds their bonds in pieces, and cast away the cords from us. He who sits in heaven (laughs) shall laugh. And the Lord will hold them in derision. If you ever touch heaven, the first thing that you, you are touched by is the joy of God and the utter security of God and confidence and completeness and victory. God is not pacing heaven wondering, I hope my church can keep up with me. He's going to pull us up with him. He has no question that we're going to be fully transformed in the image of the likeness of the glorified Christ. He is not even worried about, can he do it? He never was counting on us doing it. 
In fact, that's why he came and died for us, so he wouldn't have to count on us. He'd just count on his son. Do you understand? It's already settled. The deal's done. Victory's won. In fact, he's so confident he wrote the end of the book. <laughs> How's that? I mean, he, he had me finished producing the movie, and there he is, the book's written. Yeah. So he laughs. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in their, his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill. This is a powerful... If you follow that, it means to pour out. It's a laudation offering. It's a pouring out. It's an anointing. It's a coronation. You go to the Greek or go to the Hebrew, you'll see it. It, it is to pour out. It is the, he, he's poured out, which we're going to see in a moment, is what happens when Jesus is raised from the dead, ascends into the heavens, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he receives the promise of the Fa Holy Spirit. The anointing oil pours upon the head and then pours out on what we call the day of Pentecost. See, we're, we're, we're living in the realm, we're living way in the past when we ought to be in the future. We ought to not be trying to sort out how the, how the journey was way back then, other than how it points as a shadow to the image of the glorified Christ. So what happens here is he, this, he then speaks and then he says, I have set my king on my holy hill. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. This is, this is a prophetic picture of Jesus decreeing what God says to him. Psalm 2, those of you who like the Bible, Psalm 2 is the New Testament reference to the resurrection of Christ being the son of God or the son of God becoming the firstborn among many brethren. Firstborn among many brethren means there's more brothers following like you and me billions since the day of Jesus. But the point was that when he was baby Jesus in Nazareth, he was the only begotten son of God. Today, he is the firstborn among the dead. He is, he is, and we are being transformed and conformed to that image. And that's very important. Acts 13 is the only place in the New Testament where they quote a scripture and give the reference to the scripture. It's crazy. This declaration, you are my son, today I have begotten you. The laudation, the, the anointing, the coronation, the high priest, the king of kings, the lord of lords. That which took place is far beyond anything man has ever done. From Nebuchadnezzar, a glorious king who would have carried such re re royalty and authority. Nothing like what happened that day on the day of Pentecost. I will declare the decree. You, the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Jesus now uh, re reiterates agreement with this declaration. Today I have begotten you. That's, he says it, I'll say it. I have stepped into this sonship through the resurrection. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. We're just, we're, we're asking way too small. We're not thinking in the kind of mindset of what God wants. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. The, the, the authority of Christ that's going to come is coming into the earth. The, the, the king's got to wise up. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. 
and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. We've been, in our body, been taught, we have this phrase we've been saying a lot, let's kiss the sun. We need to kiss the sun. We need to, we need to come under and fully surrender and fully recognize and fully rejoice. It, it can feel like when you're on the outside, like, ooh, I don't know if I really want to surrender that much to Jesus. He's going to do something weird. Like when I got saved in the 70s, nobody wanted to get saved in America because then we knew we'd all be missionaries to Africa. Well, I kept myself out of there for 40 years, 41 years, but here I went. But it isn't like that. It's because that's a natural mind thinking God's going to make me do something that isn't what I was meant to be and what I don't want to be. No, God's going to call me into who I am meant to be, into my calling, into my inheritance, but it will be fully submitted to Jesus. You will, you will find in the, in the future that it, the, the greatest thing of life is to surrender your life to Jesus. To bring all of me into all of you. And to know that I am actually submitting all of me. For me, humility means simply this. To be in utter dependence upon the supremacy and all-sufficiency of Christ. To know that I cannot do anything, but Christ can do everything. That I cannot do anything, Christ has already done everything. I get small, he gets big. The bigger he gets, the freer I am. Joy fills my life because I can live from the place now with Christ in heavenly places, seated with him. So let me show you this this picture. Uh, Go with me to, real quickly... How many, what did you say? I had three hours. Thank you. Till 4.30. John 7, 37. It's all right. Freer I get, the freer you'll get. So, so, so enjoy. Watch a man become free. On the last day, that great day of the feast, that's the eighth day of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, the last day. The second, it's the beginning again of the Bible reading, the future. It's just kicking. It's just a huge day. If anyone thirsts, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Jesus is doing this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Say, not yet glorified. So there was not... What was coming at the coronation, at the kingship, at the setting apart of the Son, was the Holy Spirit. Now, follow me to John 16, verse 33. Jesus is on the night of his betrayal. He's almost at Gethsemane. He's just walking from Mount Zion down to Gethsemane, the Ben Kindred Valley. He's telling his disciples the most innermost secrets of the future and of what is happening in the transference of power. From verses from chapter 
13 through 17. And then we go to the Gethsemane prayer. And here he says of the Holy Spirit, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Let me see. Well, put it back. Let me see that. Verse 13, chapter 16. John 16, verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth... I want to see it in the Amplified, because it's not as good here in the... Okay, he will guide you into the truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own... That was it. In the King James, it says he'll not speak about himself. Here it says he will not speak on his own authority, and here it says he will not speak his own message. For on his authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father, he will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Now go to the next verse, verse 14. He will honor and glorify me. Jesus said, Holy Spirit's going to come, and you believe me, he's going to get you. But he's not yet come because I'm not yet glorified. Now he's saying, Holy Spirit's going to come. When he comes, he's going to glorify me. If you want to get full of the Holy Spirit, start glorifying Jesus. Just stand right in the middle of your day, right as bad as it gets, and just say, Jesus, you're Lord. You're my king. I worship you. I engage my heart in the supreme victory that has never been challenged, nor can it ever be taken from anything that you've done. I praise you, Jesus. And I, I bet you feel the Holy Spirit coming. Hey, that's my job. Jesus told me my job is going to be to glorify him because that's the only way that, that what is about to take place can sustain itself in a living members of the body of Christ in a war-stricken zone of the earth. And I've got to come and I've got to activate and reactivate and reignite and enlarge and amplify all that Jesus has done. That's my job. And I'll use signs and wonders, miracles, fruit and all that, but that's my job. My objective is to magnify Jesus Christ. You've got, if you understand that, you'll, you'll, much, much of the Holy Spirit we don't benefit from because we're trying to get him to do woos. And he's not here on his own message. He's here on one assignment to glorify Christ and to take... Well, look what it goes on. He, he will take what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Verse 15. I like this Amplified. It's kind of big Bible, though. Everything that the Father has is mine. This is Jesus speaking. you got to understand, when Jesus talks, he talks out of time because he's eternal. And when you read, especially 14, 15, 16, 17 in John, he is like going in and out of the future. And he says, he says, I'm going, you know where I'm going. I, my father's going to be revealed. You already know my father. What? Don't you know me? How can you not know my father? I mean, Jesus is a hard guy to follow. If you're going to go, Western thinking line, it's got to make sense. You got to go in and out, the spirit. You've got to allow him to talk about today and yesterday into the future, back to yesterday, today, back into the yesterday, to the future, because he can go in all that stuff. He's in every realm that is ever, every dimension that is currently in existence in creation. He is Lord of all. He has redeemed it all. He is the king of it all. He can speak into any of it. So he will take all the things that the Father has in mind. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus is glorified. Holy Spirit comes. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, and then I think we'll be almost done. Shabbat halamachakoko. 
Acts chapter 2. We've had a blessing and privilege of being involved in Israel with lots of, you know, keeping families there and ministries there and H, um, something, humanitarian aid group there. So I've learned a lot about things. And Acts chapter 2 is an incredible story that we often think is about the Holy Spirit, but it isn't. It's about Jesus seated at the right hand of God. If you read the entire chapter, which we can't, you realize that what happens is the Holy Spirit comes to reveal the resurrected, glorified Christ. The funny thing is that in the Jewish community at that time and to this day, on the day of Pentecost, which is a set holiday, on that week you will read through the Tanakh, which is what the Hebrew Bible, the old, what we'd call the Old Testament. You'll read from the Torah. You'll read from the history, from the prophets. You will read a selected portion. All the observant Jews will be meditating on those scriptures. And so that day, they were meditating on and reading Ezekiel chapter 1, 2, and 3. Those of you who know Ezekiel, Ezekiel is the vision of the glory of God, which is culminates with the son of man sitting on a throne. Okay, so now they're, 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 they're praying. Jesus said, you stay here. He didn't tell them how long. He says, you just stay here because you're going to get the Holy Spirit. They don't realize when the coronation pouring out, he will then pour it on, and all of a sudden that activation will reignite. It'll, it'll lift a people into the illumination of Jesus and, and the ability to sustain a relationship on the level that he wants it on. So all of a sudden, they're reading, and they're, you know, wow, that, that. You can't read Ezekiel 1 without just getting excited. I, I just love it. I love the, it's just, it's one of the most vivid glory imagery in the Bible. Next, like, Revelations 4 and 5. So, here we go. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, right? Talk about noise. Fills the place, lands on everybody. Everybody's having a corporate experience individually. Tongues on every head, sound in the whole room. Everyone's engaged. What happens? They start speaking in other languages, the languages that were known, and this was going to be a demonstration for those who are about to come in because it's going to be like a a wonder what that is, a sign. And what are they doing? It says they hear them talking in all their languages, right? And it says... "Ah." We hear them in our own language, verse uh, 11. We hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. If you go to your concordance, which I hope to God you all have a concordance. How many have a smartphone? Then get yourself a concordance. I can do that because I'm not there. That's what Rod does at our church. If you don't have a concordance, you're wasting your Bible. You know, have something to reference. If you do that, you would look at, it does not say mighty works. It says the magnificence of God. You see, we're, we're focusing on acts instead of the one who's bringing the act. We're focusing on doing stuff instead of the one who's done it all. We're missing, we are running around like Jesus still has to die. That he hasn't done enough. That, that, you know, we may just lose the war if we don't get it together. We got to do some more extra this or extra that. Be, and really all we're missing is Jesus. 
We're not, so they're just sitting there in everyone. They are declaring the magnificence of God. And what do you think they were probably engaging in? Something like that, Ezekiel chapter 1, because they've been meditating. The word of God is always the reference point. The spirit of God projects forward. And they're just talking about, you are glorious, the son of man. Jesus on the throne. You're the glorified son of man. You are magnificent. And they're just in a party state. It's a celebration. And people think they're drunk. It's, they're drunk. So Peter has to get up and say, no, we're not drunk. It's too early to be drunk. We're all full of Holy Spirit. This is the promise Joel gave. And so here's what Joel does. He says he's going to pour out his spirit. The language of the New Testament is the revelation, visions, dreams, tongues, prophecy, we have to, we have to, 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 we have been projected so high into the heavens that unless the Spirit of God sustains us and we cooperate and, and follow the simple practice of glorifying Jesus Christ, we will just sink like a rock into the bottom of the ocean again every time. Because we cannot sustain where we've been taken. We can't maintain it. We can't earn it. We can't live holy enough. There's nothing we can do to hold that place except to acknowledge Jesus Christ has done it all. And in the engaging of the acknowledging of this glorified Jesus Christ, something happens. We begin to be lifted up into the head. We grow up into him who is the head of all things. We begin to come up. And that's why praise is one of the closest things we have to ever getting out of our junk. Because at least we start going higher. But we got to go higher than just singing about wonderful things that praise does. We need to praise the one we ought to sing about. To behold. To behold him. To behold him. If you beheld Jesus, I mean, when you behold him, this glorified, resurrected, gentle, ginormous son of God. So by the time he's calmed everybody down, Basically, all he's doing is like what Rod's doing. When Rod got up and said, hey, it's okay to make noise in the church because it actually always happens when God's moving. That's what all he was doing. He said, you guys, this is strange. We're not used to these kind of languages multiplying in the midst of us. We're not used to all this kind of joy in the midst of us. But it's nothing outside of the Bible. The Bible says it here. Right over here in Joel, this is what's happening. We're experiencing what the Bible says. That is what we tend to think Acts 2 is about. But that's just to get people to calm down to hear the real reason. And the real reason is this. Men of Israel, chapter 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you. By miracles, wonders, signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. 
You have made known to me the ways of life. You have made me full of joy in your presence. Then he, men and brethren, we're not talking about David. We're talking about Jesus. Let me speak freely to you about the patriarch of David. He's both dead and buried. And his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He foreseen, spoke concerning. He foreseen, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ. You're not hearing me. He foreseen, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ. When you, it's taken me, I, I've, I have, to, I'm letting and I'm enjoying with such delight the Holy Spirit renewing my mind to see a glorified Christ. Not the Galilean. That was cool. But what we have now is far more. Because we've been justified. We've been glorified. We've been brought out of the realm of the meagerly, beggarly elements of this world. We've been elevated to sonship. We've been elevated into a, an inheritance far beyond anything we could ever have. And all inheritance is inside the glory of God. So he, he's seeing, he's speaking. He foreseen, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ. Take your Bible and read the book of Acts. It's all about the resurrection of the Christ. They validate that he was a holy man by the miracles he did, but the message is he's not dead. And he's raised. He's active. He's your high priest. He's in intercession. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff that we could just join our faith to. We could be lifted into and live in a whole other realm. That's what Julie was doing by the Spirit right there, saying, come on, turn your back on your confusion. Turn your back on your poverty. Turn your back on your troubles. Don't sort out your stuff. Just turn away from it and turn to the one, the glorified one. It's just, so, so he, he will not leave his soul, will not be left in Hades, nor his flesh see corruption. This, the, this Jesus. Everybody say, this Jesus. This Jesus. <laughs> Got to hear me. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are witnesses. See, the Holy Spirit came because Jesus was glorified. Now the Holy Spirit's doing the job that he came to do, which is to glorify Jesus. Do you understand? They weren't even trying to get anybody to get into the Holy Spirit move. They were just lifting up the name, the wonderful, glorious name, who he is, what he's done. Hear this, see this. Jesus, God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, now catch this, being exalted to the right hand of God, being exalted to the right hand of God. I want to give you a charge between now and August. I want you to fellowship with a resurrected Christ sitting at the right hand of God. It is not the common mentality because we had too many stained glass windows showing us what was happening on the earth to help an uneducated people understand a living story. But it is not where he is today. He is, he is, well, you're going to see it. You're going to, whoa. Sorry, I'm getting Pentecostal. Is this a Pentecostal church? 
<laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm having fun. I don't really care. I get on a plane tomorrow, so Rod can clean this up. <laughs> When you close your eyes and you look at Jesus, where do you see him? If you take the book of Hebrews, it'll help you to elevate an imagery. If you go to the Revelation chapter 1 and you see the glorified Christ and the fiery eyes and the face like the sun and the white robe and the golden priesthood sash and the, oh, the sound of mighty waters coming out of his mouth and the two-edged sword. You see this living word is glorified and now holding all things together by the word of his power. And he's going to wage war on the nations with a sword of his mouth. And there's a bride that one day is going to become so like him that the sound of our voice will be the same sound of his voice, the sound of many waters. We've got to get out of the stuff we're in and into where he is because he lifts you so fast. You can go, you can go like that. And you can be, you can, you can be totally, it, the, the issues of life are decoys to distract us from the answer to life, which is Jesus Christ. The issues of life are decoys to distract us from the answer of life, which is Jesus Christ. Victorious. I mean, he did it. God has got to look down someday and go, what are these guys all praying about? Well, they're talking about all their problems and stuff's going on and they want to fix this and... Somebody needs healing over here. He looks over and he says, didn't we already take care of all that? I thought we took care of that. I thought we took care of that with Jesus. I mean, Jesus did, did you, you, you bore all their sins, didn't you? How about, wasn't all those, those by your stripes, do you heal all those diseases or we forget a few? And the thing is, it's not that the, it's, it's, God is so kind and so long suffering. He just waits and meets us where we, where we meet him. But the problem is we are trying to pull him into our problems and we ought to come up into his answer. It's just simple practice. You pull him into your world. It's like taking him onto a rock planet and say, can you make it prettier? He says, not really. I will make it beautiful when I bring a new one. But meanwhile, why don't you come up into my place? I did all that what I did so that I could be with you so that now I, you can be with me. Exercise that place. So between here and August, fellowship, visualize, imagine, use the scripture to paint pictures, allow the emotion, imagery of it to open doors and experience a Christ that's resurrected, seated at the right hand of God who has this magnificent sword coming out of his mouth. Kiss the son. Homage. Do you don't think he thinks his Bible's important? Do you think when we don't take the time to allow the scripture to break into our image, into our life and say, I, I feel so lousy. Somebody make me feel better. Well, go read some happy scriptures. Yeah, but they don't, they, they don't see it. Who cares? We love, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're, we're trying to make the, the natural world substantiate an eternal, invisible God. And we are therefore delaying victorious moments in heaven because we just don't let emotions be affected by words. 
I don't read the Bible for information. I read to have an experience with Jesus Christ. And once I let the Word be what the Word says, truth starts to change the way I feel. You can feel this way. You know what? This is the nation of theater. Come on, guys. It's not that hard. This is called a script. Scripture. Script. You read it. You act it. You experience it. And if you do it well, others believe you. Come on. It's not that hard. It's not what we've been taught. But it's not that hard. It is a script. You read it. You begin to say, okay, therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God. See, this Jesus. This Jesus is now up in heaven, right hand of God. This Jesus, having become, what time is it? Oh, my Jesus, help me. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Having been exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, there's the laudation, there's the outpouring, there is the coronation, the coronation of Jesus. And because he ever lives, he doesn't have to give it to his children after him. He is a priest forever. He is a king forever. He is not, nobody is going, he's, no, he's, he is, we, we got to wise up. Just come and kiss him. I may not be experiencing prosperity, but you are the God of prosperity and inside of you riches of glory. And so I worship the God of riches, wealth, and help. Not for wealth and health, but I will not succumb to the lie that I'm impoverished and cannot sustain a life on this planet. You will care for me. You will take care of me. You are a good God. You're generous. And you do that. And because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, he can do this. So he's poured out the Holy Spirit, which you now see in here. For David did not ascend into the heavens. I serve an ascended master, Jesus Christ. I serve an ascended master, king of kings. He ascended. And now he says of himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, here it is. Here's the, here's the Pentecost Sunday. This is the message. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Here's just the beginning point. I want to acknowledge today that you are both Lord and and Christ. See, we think that means how we're supposed to act because that's true. It's about who he is that will change how we act. He's the influencer. We're not the, we're not the cause. He's the cause. We're the effect. We behold him in his glory. We are transformed from glory to glory. Second Corinthians 3 and 4. It's, it's just a matter of exposure. It's a matter of allowing the word of God to be your script practicing being in his presence and beginning to be transformed. Let me just finish up. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. What do we do? Then Peter said, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and all your children. 
The Holy Spirit is, the, is a supernatural sustenance to allow a people who are grafted in to the vine to live in the realm of the head. The head is in heaven. The body's on the earth. He wants us to be engaged in true, experiential, victorious union with the resurrected Christ. Go through our stuff. We're going to go through stuff. It does, I'm not saying we're not going to go through stuff. And the focus isn't trying to stop the stuff. If the focus is like Julie said, just turn from your stuff and look to the answer and experience him. So we're going to do this. This Ephesians 3. Would you like to experience Jesus for a moment? Or do you want to go have lunch? I mean, we'll have lunch too. I just... Oh, bless Jesus. I meditate this every day. I go and have encounters with Jesus through his living word by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit came because Jesus glorified. Well, the more you get into glorifying Jesus, the more you're going to come alive in the glorified Jesus. And the more he's going to give of all things that Father has or Jesus, Jesus is going to give us all those things. So it just starts growing. It's the, it's the wheel within the wheel. It's the sound. It's the mighty voices. It's the movement. And so here we are. This is the prayer Paul prayed. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. God never links of us apart. We're, we're together, whether we're here in heaven or earth. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, the glory, if you want to see glory, look at the face of Jesus. The face of Jesus is the glory. He's the express image of the glory of God. You start to go look into Jesus. So out of the glory, from the glory, riches of glory, to be strengthened with might through the spirit and the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may fill with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. How about experiencing it? Stand up with me. We're going to take, we just let each one of these be imparted. There's an opportunity. I'm going to pray, the, pray it and you receive it. First thing is we're in the family. So let us say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are both the Lord and Christ. Jesus, you are the Lord and Christ. You're seated at the right hand of God. You've been exalted. You've poured out Holy Spirit. Riches of his glory. According to the riches of your glory. You would strengthen me with might. Through your spirit. In my inner man. So see it. The wealth, the full riches of glory. You don't you have to repeat that. Just see this. Just see this. See the riches of the glory, the realm, the fullness of Jesus Christ. 
Then comes strength and might communicated through Holy Spirit into my inner man. I believe we can make a connection. Go ahead. Just let the connection. There he is, Jesus, the glorified Son of God, seated at the right hand of the Father, the riches of glory. From there comes might and strength communicated through Holy Spirit's ministry. If you watch out, because he's going to start showing you stuff. You're going to get visions and things start to show up. And whoa, yes, of course. There it is. There he is. That's what he's done. That's what he's accomplished. That's what that scripture means. In the inner man, not the outer man, the inner man. The victory is inside before it's outside. Go ahead, get the victory. Get right now in the inner man. There's strength coming. You're not on your last leg. You're on the beginning of a journey that's going to go for eternity. You're not about to die. You're about to thrive. You're coming alive. You're victorious. Not because you're getting a positive mental attitude, because you're getting an infusion of strength that comes out of the glory of Christ. Go ahead, just keep, he's, he's doing this. He, you know why? I want to tell you why. He wants to have a place to live. And he's not going to live in your house unless it's sustained by his house. So right now, it says, once he starts creating the strength in the inner man, it says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, he's got an ulterior motive. He is coming to earth, but he's first coming through his church. So right now, your inner man is being strengthened because you're connected. You see, this is an all, this is a continuance from the glory is now coming power by the ministry of Holy Spirit into your inner man and you are being strengthened with might there. And in the midst of this moment, you are now becoming aware that Christ dwells in my heart by faith. Now let's say that. Christ dwells in my heart by faith. Let's say it again. Christ dwells in my heart by faith. One more time. Christ dwells in my heart by faith. Okay, there you see? There he is. That's where he is right now. Now, no, no, no. It gets better. It gets better because he doesn't know. He doesn't just come and make, a, make our house a house he can live in, but he, he plants a garden that he can thrive from. Being rooted and grounded in love. So right now, there's becoming an awareness because the Holy Spirit's ministry is to make Jesus real. He's now making not only the, his presence in our hearts manifest, but he's causing us to become absolutely aware of love. And you're feeling the love of God invade your very life right now. Whew. You're not afraid. You're not, you don't have to be afraid. You're not going to be punished. You're going to be rescued and delivered and made beautiful. You are cherished. You are precious. You're wonderful. You're loved like Jesus is loved because you are in Jesus. You're not apart from Jesus. You're in Jesus. God looks at you. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees you. And there you are. Let the love of God. Woo! Love will drive out fear. Love will cause a calming. Love will cause a confidence and a will and a, rec a reckless faith. Stay connected. Glory. Here comes strength it's through Holy Spirit into my inner man, creating a place of sustainability where I can dwell in an agreed union with Jesus as provided, and I'm going to experience. Hashemba. There he is in my heart. That's, and there is the love. Woo! 
I'm not going to be toppled over. I'm not going to be tossed to and fro and carried about. I don't have to go follow every conference and every thought. I'm going to root and root and root and root into the love of God. And everything's going to lead me to Jesus. If it doesn't lead me to Jesus, it's wasting my time. Everything God did was to bring Jesus. Everything after Jesus, nothing. It's all shadows to what we came to. Now I'm going to let in that love. Here it is. Watch it. This love is so deep that it goes on. You're standing, you're in it. The love of Christ right now, it's passing knowledge. It's passing. It's surpassing. It's surpassing because he wants us to comprehend. We're now a unit, a body, a living member. No cancerous cells, no breached and broken bones. We're people being saturated and comprehending all together the width, the length, the depth, the height, and to know experientially the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge you could ever have in one experience. So having a love experience right now. God loves me. You don't have to have your soul convinced. Just declare it with your heart. God loves me. His love is sustaining me. His love is maintaining me. His love is filling me. Husha. Come on. Come on. You can, you can drink. Maybe like a thick milkshake. You have to suck a little bit, but you can pull. If you pull... I promise you, Holy Spirit's here to make these things true because the Holy Spirit's here to glorify Christ and the Holy Spirit got to come because Christ is glorified. We're not building up Jesus who he isn't. We're building up ourselves into who Jesus is. Okay? Just a couple more steps and we're done. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Right now... He wants to touch every place in our body or any place in our soul or any place in our life or any place of our past or any place of our future that is in disagreement with the, with the blessing and the goodness and kindness of Jesus Christ. So if you need healing, let a healing come right now into your body to that place of pain, that place of brokenness. If you're, if, if you're coming under shame or judgment and you feel like I have no place to go into the future, let him be come into that and annihilate it. His blood has canceled all assignments. He's paid all the prices. You've been, you're out of jail. You don't have to pay the punishment. You're free. Let freedom, let, let wholeness, let, it's an, it's a place in Christ where, where we're healed. It's a place in Christ where we're delivered. The fullness of him. He fills us all and all. He starts filling. He starts filling. And anything that is above the knowledge of Christ has to be pulled down and set down and say, you don't, you don't get to live in my life. That's a lie. Christ is king. Christ is Lord. Christ has healed me. Christ has saved me. Christ has delivered me. Christ is my Lord. Christ. I bow my knee to the victorious, glorious Christ. Two more steps. Two more in this beautiful prayer. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Okay, imagine big for a minute. We liked one-third of the world's population and all the commonwealth nations to have a revelation of the resurrected Son of God and to kiss him. From the leadership of kings to the peasant, there would be an awakening and a bowing of the heart of man. And in this commonwealth of nations would be separated unto sheep nations, separated unto Christ, glorifying, returning to the one, recognizing that they are indeed the inheritance of the one, Christ. 
We declare it over our own heart that our heart will fully return to Jesus and not be divided by the circumstances of life. We declare to our family that they will collect themselves again under the banner of the glorified Christ and they will be in joyful surrender and victory. We say it to the fragmentation of our, of our story of our life, the breaking, broken pieces, the broken parts, and we say, come back and collect yourself back under Jesus. All things come under the Lordship. All things. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. We just, he's beyond what we can ask or think. Where is it coming from then? The power is working in us. Holy Spirit. He's the access of Jesus' victory. He's the one that brought the power from on high from the glory into the inner man. He's the one that's creating a place where Christ dwells by faith. And he's the one that's grooting us into the love and causing experiences of love within a corporate and individual setting that is causing us to be full of God. And in the fullness of God, he's now creating a, a, an expectancy of hope. So let's ask for more. Let's believe for more. Let's believe for this. I tell you, I have a simple prayer. I ask the Lord, how big can you get inside of a man before you explode? How big can Jesus get in you before he takes over everything? I don't know. Let's find out. To him be glory. Papa is multiplying glory. The glory is in the face of Jesus. The glory is Jesus. Jesus is the face of glory. He is the brightness of his glory. But there's going to become even a, an enlargement because when Jesus appears, we will appear with him in glory. If we suffer with him, then we will also be glorified with him. We're going to walk through the walk of uninterrupted fellowship, trust, and union with Jesus on this planet into a point where the glory of God overtakes the obstacles of life. And then glory is in the church by Christ Jesus. He's multiplied himself. He's grown up in us. We've grown up into him. And it goes to all generations forever and ever. So just lift your hands out like you were a big tree and imagine for a moment how big could the glory of God go? And I don't want you to think of it as a, 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 an idea that's going to come waffling into the building. It's going to come up from within, the very center of our being. We, the church, will bring glory to God because Jesus Christ is in the church. Jesus Christ is the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And in the glory, we're transformed from glory to glory. Just a moment. Just how there's another wave of glory. There's another. God wants to convince you. He wants to release you. There's a depression deliverance coming right now. There's a sense of hopelessness that's being shattered and blown away like dust off of the earth. And all of a sudden, there's sparkles of possibility breaking into our souls and, and opportunity and, and, and creative thinking breaking forth again. And there's a newness. There's a newness. There's awareness that something wonderful is coming to me through Jesus Christ. There's an awareness. There's a readiness to receive. It's breaking in. He's breaking in. He's breaking in. He's breaking in. He's breaking in right now. Breaking up. Breaking up. Just, just to hold up your hands one more time and worship him. Just give 
to Jesus what you're hearing of him. Back with praise, Jesus. You're glorified. You're victorious. You're triumphant. You're powerful. You're wonderful. You are my wisdom from God. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 